welcome back to How to Activism, your living, breathing, never-ending guide to teenage activism. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm so glad we actually got that in unison. Um, I'm your host, Lila Eamon Lucas. And I'm Caroline Heggie, who is like, I'm a guest, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> She's here with me today to talk about, um, talk about genuine activists and and how to, if you want to call yourself an activist, how to, like, how to be a good activist, I guess. But not, like, in the sense of, like, effective, but in the sense of, like, genuine and, and yeah. intersectional. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, so bad at summarizing things. <laughs> Fun. Um, but, yeah, we wanted to talk about um, doing the right thing, making sure you're being intersectional, and um, and not just using the title. Um, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, sitting on that. All right, let's hop in. <laughs> So a quick disclaimer before we get into the episode, um, this episode we're going to talk about like what it means to be an activist um, and how to be really genuine um, in your activism, but this is not trying to exclude anyone from movements, um, but there are people like working so hard dedicating their lives to this. Um, so to just like hand off the title as activist or advocate like really easily, it takes away from the people doing the dirty work, um, dedicating their lives to this, in many cases risking their lives for this. Uh, so like just be really conscious of who you consider an activist. Yeah, and I I created this whole show to like make it easier to be an activist and now I'm kind of creating this episode and saying like only some of you are activists, <laughs> which is like ironic, I know, but but I think it's really important that you are thoughtful and intersectional and respectful respectful um when you are talking about an issue that doesn't affect you or um yeah just working on things Mm -hmm. making sure you are in the front if you should be in the front and not in the front if you should not be in the front (laughs) okay let's actually hop in now (laughs) okay so this um this episode won't be um like a step-by-step guide as much as a checklist um, and before we get into the first checklist item, I just want to say, like, as a, as another kind of disclaimer, uh, we're both white, and obviously that gives us, um, a lot of privilege, and a lot of privilege, especially in the world of activism, and with reporters who often want to interview white people. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, so hop in on that. Yeah, so, um, one, like, common misconception is a lot of activism is about fame and publicity and you definitely want to get fame and publicity like for your movement you want this to be like a well-known thing that this is an issue but it's not really a personal thing um and I like to think of it like if this if this work or our drive for change was about fame and publicity um every activist would have quit a long time ago because you there are so many activists in the world that you do not like get a lot of publicity um specifically like as a white person I know I get a lot more publicity than a lot of people of color or if you see like a lot of the big major white activists the the media likes to focus on them not necessarily like the indigenous activists or yeah taking from a very basic very like well-known example like Greta Thunberg is not um gonna is is definitely not like 
the most affected person by global warming. Yeah, I think, like, she's an amazing speaker. Um, and it's awesome that she's started the striking mm-hmm. from school, and she really has done a lot for the movement, but... But when people, like, say, oh, she started the movement, or, like, she created climate striking, <laughs> like, she she started the idea of, like, Fridays for Future. Yeah. Um, she was the first person to, like, that we know of. Yeah. She was the first yes. person to be She was the first striking. person to get major publicity yeah. over. Um, and so, like, now her name is a household name. Yeah. Everyone knows who she is. But there are, like, a lot of activists working just as hard or harder than her. Um, and this isn't, like, trying to insult her in yeah, any way because she's, she's incredible. She's fire. But we really want to, like, highlight that she is always going to get more media attention because she's white and because she's privileged. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. I think even during, like, the large, um, like, the really, the really big climate strike that happened on September 20th, um, there were, I think, at least what I noticed, there were a lot of articles written about, like, the white, Mm -hmm. about white activists in general, and it's, like, I, I know for a fact that (laughs) this literally global strike was just, was not, like, just organized by white people, Mm -hmm. um, but I think sometimes there's, like, a mix between people who, like, really want to be interviewed, um, and, and, like, who the press seeks out, and, like, it's not really their job to, like, like, read through all the, like, organization's bios and be, like, how can I get, like, a diverse set of voices in this (laughs) organization? Like, they're gonna reach out to the person whose contact is, like, available on the website. Yeah. Or whose press, or whose, like, job title says, like, press director, or, like, Mm -hmm. whatever that is. Um, and just, like, making sure that we're amplifying people of color who are, like, disproportionately affected by global warming. Yeah. And this is all, like, really focusing on the climate movement. Yeah. I realize, but they're, like, this This applies to every movement. No, this applies to everything. Gun control, this is totally a problem. Mm -hmm. March for Our Lives was under fire probably, like, a year ago or or a little bit less for basically saying that, like, the kids at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, like, that's, like, a wealthy upper-class neighborhood of Florida. And, like, these are, like, basically all white people getting all this attention and now they're, like, the face of the generation when, like, Black Lives Matter, which happened just a couple years before, didn't get that kind of, like, recognition, I guess. And, like acceptance um and so yeah this manifests everywhere Mm -hmm. and um it's a problem everywhere so if you are a white activist just thinking like is this actually a time where I should go talk to reporters Mm -hmm. is this really a time where it makes sense for what I'm saying to be the headline quote yeah so like if someone approaches you um and like if you are a white activist if someone approaches you and particularly if you're like if you haven't done a whole lot of work if you're just there and someone approaches you and they're like oh can you can we interview you maybe like maybe point to someone like we don't want we definitely don't want to like point to people of color um or uh, more oppressed people just because of that yeah um and they obviously like shouldn't be responsible for like explaining all that stuff like it's not a black person's job to explain why they are disproportionately affected by gun violence Um, (laughs) or like an indigenous person and why they fight for global or for climate action but yeah so it's just um yeah it's really it's really important that you highlight the voices of the people that are being affected most by this yeah yeah snaps (laughs) okay so this checklist item is titled give credit where credit is due 
Um, and this one we sort of wanted to just, I guess, like, add on to what we were saying in the last section, but, um, there's a lot of people who are working really hard in the environmental movement who, um, don't get a lot of credit. Yeah, and these are, like, often people of color. Yeah. These are often LGBTQ people, um, and, like, yeah, like, you should give credit to the person who actually did this, um, and not just the person who's always in the headlines. Yeah, and, like, not to put Greta on blast more, but, like, just her as an example, like, I know she's taking a year off of school to, like, do all this stuff, and she's able to, like, just, I think basically because of how big her following is, like, she has, like, mm-hmm. five million Instagram followers or yeah. something, like, she was able to get a boat to take her, like, yeah. literally all the way across the ocean, and she's got another boat to take her from North America to South America, um, and I think there's just so many, so many things that, like, I guess benefit her, and not to say that she doesn't deserve this credit, but there are just many more activists and activists of color who don't receive these kinds of opportunities, Mm -hmm. and, like, like, adults, like, when I listen to podcasts by adults, like, a lot of adults are like, it's so cool, like, kids and the climate movement and Greta, and then that's, like, the only name they can name. Yeah. And so I think there just needs to be more attention and, Mm -hmm. and more conversations around everyone. And we're all activists are yeah. doing work. And you should definitely, like, if you ever hear anyone talk about Greta as the leader of the youth climate movement, you should call that out. Because there's no really, there's no real leader. Everyone is doing what they can. Um, everyone who's involved in it is doing what they can. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Naming, like, one leader, um, particularly a super white and privileged leader, is, like taking away from the thousands and thousands of other youth activists okay next checklist item educate yourself even when you're not directly affected i would say like especially when you're not directly affected um always do reading always just like research things and keep yourself up to date because like and literally i feel like every like like, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and they all kind of say this, but, like, the majority of Americans literally only read headlines, and mm-hmm. that is, oh, just so bad, because you can't, like, put everything in a news headline. <laughs> yeah, and also, like, in many cases, um, I know, like, as a white person, I I think we mentioned this earlier, but mm-hmm. I never experienced racism. Yeah. So, um, and a lot of times, like, racism, unless it's, like, a huge thing, it's not going to be in the headlines. Yeah. Um, very few, like, police brutality incidents are in the headlines. Um, and so you really have to dig and you have to, like, go the extra mile to really try your best to understand, like, how horrible these things are and, like, what people are going through. Even though I'll never thoroughly understand it, but, like, educate yeah. myself as much as I can. Totally, totally, totally. I think... Like, as, as we were saying about press and, like, news before, but, like, just, like, white voices are centered and prioritized in the news. And a lot of times, not talking about people of color speaks a lot about it. Like, if you're writing an article about, like, global warming and you're saying, like, oh, you know, like, it's, it's really not that bad. And then you, like, don't talk about people of color at all. And it's, like, written by, like, a, uh, a white, like, reporter and then people cite it. I mean, obviously, you don't know, like people who are quoted in articles like their race or anything but like yeah yeah like if there aren't 
people of color quoted in that article, you can sort of assume, like, mm, like, maybe there's a reason they're saying mm-hmm. this isn't that bad, and then they're not talking to people, yeah. like, directly. Yeah, if you ever see, like, a an article it. about police brutality yeah. where no people of color are mm-hmm. quoted or highlighted, <laughs> like, you might want to get a little suspicious. <laughs> this smells like, um, racism. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Okay, so, uh, as you'll notice, um, basically a theme throughout this checklist in this episode is just intersectionality and educating yourself and being aware of your race and your privilege. Um, and so this section is titled, like, go to protests even when they aren't about you, directly affecting you, or, um, convenient for you. Um, and we just kind of wanted to preface it by playing, um, the Macklemore song, White Privilege 2, because I think it's kind of a really, it's just really, it's a really good example of, like, a white person going to a Black Lives Matter protest and some thoughts and, I guess, like, takes on the experience. Pulled into the parking lot, parked it, zipped up my parka, joined the procession of marchers. In my head, like, is this awkward? Should I even be here marching? Thinking that they can't, how can I breathe? Thinking that they chant, what do I sing? I want to take a stance because we are not free. And then I thought about it, we are not we. Am I on the outside looking in? Or am I on the inside looking out? Is it my place to get my two cents? Or should I stand on the side and shut my mouth? No justice, no peace. Okay, I'm saying that. They're chanting out Black Lives Matter. But I don't say it back. Is it okay for me to say? I don't know, so I watch and stand In front of a line of police that look the same as me Only separated by a badge A baton, a can, a mace, a mask, a shield, a gun With gloves on hands that gives an alibi In case somebody dies behind a bullet that flies That other nine takes another child's life on sight Okay, so we sort of just wanted to um, unpack that And then more thoroughly go into what we mean by like Showing up even when it's not convenient Um, we both actually, (laughs) funny story, we both ran into each other, um, at a Black Lives Matter protest that happened a couple of weeks ago. It was the National Day of Outrage. Yeah. Um, for the woman in Texas who was shot and killed. Um, and it was my first experience actually going to a Black Lives Matter protest, which I'm sort of ashamed to say, um, because, like, I, I mean, obviously, like, I've supported them and, like, like, I guess, yeah, personally, I'm like, yeah, like, I'll, like definitely go Black Lives Matter, but I I guess I just haven't really made it to a protest mm-hmm. from them before, which is, oh, I feel really guilty admitting out loud. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, um, I ended up, I cut my swim team practice that day, and um, I, it was actually in a really convenient location for me, but I know you had some transit, like, I got there 30 minutes late, that's be- <laughs> because... I was like, my school's like an hour away. Yeah. So, fun. Yes. Very, very fun. Um, But I think it was so interesting, I guess, going, my experience, it was just so different, I think, from any other protests I've gone to, like, while I went to the Women's March, and um, just like a lot of the big protests that have Mm -hmm. happened since Trump was elected. Um, Literally none other are coming to my mind right now, but, but yeah, I... It was really different. There was just a different vibe. <laughs> vibe is such a bad word to use for it. But yeah, there was just a different energy, I guess. And it was really, really moving, I think, for me. Um, and it was so important that I went. There was kind of a small crowd. There really, there should have been more people. Um, but 
yeah, like, is there anything, I guess, you want to add on to that experience before? Uh, originally. Yeah. I don't know. I think, like, going to protest, um, where the issue of oppression doesn't affect you, you really have to, like, take time to, like, think about your role in that protest and, like, how much space should you take up or, um, how little space should you take up. Yeah. So, like, as a white person, my role wasn't to get up on stage and make a speech about yeah. Black Lives Matter because obviously yeah. I have no idea what racism is like and what it's like to experience yeah. racism. Um, yeah, so, like, my role is really to be there as, like, an ally and as yeah. a supporter, but not to take up space and not to, like, make myself, like, really heard. Yeah. Um, which is, like, different from many spaces. Yeah, it was, I think, really interesting for me. I think the reason, and it totally is just so crappy but like I think it's I I imagine the reason why the crowd for the Black Lives Matter protest was significantly smaller than like basically every other protest I've gone to in Seattle is just because like yes climate change significantly impacts like minorities and women and stuff but like it does touch white people a little bit a little and and so does school shootings and Mm -hmm. so do women's issues um but Black Lives Matter it's it's really about black people mm-hmm. and um i think it's just so crappy that people don't really show up for those um but it's so important and yeah. people really should be um i i guess i sort of really related to um that song that we played at the beginning when macklemore was like oh like they're chanting out black lives matter but i don't say it back i felt i guess just sort of conflicted on like whether or not i should chant it back yeah. at the protest because like i don't I wasn't, like, I don't want my voice to be louder than, I guess, the black people around mm-hmm. me because, like, they should obviously be the ones being amplified. To. Yeah, being amplified and being listened to and leading it. Um, but at the same time, like, I want to be a good ally. Yeah. So how do I do that? Yeah. And I think this sort of dilemma is a very small example of a greater problem around just, like, the, the lack of prioritization around issues that directly impact minorities. Mm-hmm. And... It's, and obviously, like, I, I think you don't, it's sort of funny, like, we're doing this in a checklist format, but I, I don't actually want you to feel like if you go to one Black Lives Matter protest, like, you can check it off your bucket yeah. list and you're an activist, and on the other end, like, if you haven't gone to any yet, or if you haven't gone to any recently, that also doesn't make you, like, a valid and intersectional activist, um, but it's just, in general, so important to go to protest, even when they aren't convenient, even when they're on Monday mornings in the cold, <laughs> or Monday afternoons yeah. in the cold, right after school, um, yeah. Yeah, I think, um, also, like, yeah, you should just, it's really important that, um, you know your role in the protest, and you know, like, you're not there to take up space, you're not there to make some big speech about how white people need to be better, and you're not even there to, like, be thanked, um, yeah. one thing, like, that, um, I was thinking of as we like were read- writing up this list um, is like do not go there expecting to get praise being like oh you're such a good yes, white person yes, yes. oh my god <laughs> good white person yeah oh my gosh like, so going to this protest is honestly sort of basic human decency yeah um like I heard the quote um I don't know if it's like a, an actual quote but something along these yes, lines yeah. like if you are if you don't take if you don't take a stance 
um, on oppression, if you're like, oh, I'm sort of neutral on this, like, oppressive issue, you are, like, honestly siding with the, dep- with the oppressor. Yeah. You need to be actively speaking up um, yeah. for the oppressed people. Yeah, because your silence... There's, there's actually, like, a really good line in the song that we weren't able to play, but it goes, like, your silence is a luxury, mm-hmm. um, and I think it really touches on the fact that, like, if you also, like, are able to be silent mm-hmm. on an issue um, with an oppressor and involving oppression, like, your silence is a luxury, mm-hmm. and it's a luxury that you don't have to speak up or um, that you don't need to take a stand, I guess. Um, I know, like, also, like, a really important quote to me is by Martin Luther King, and it goes, like, like, if you are indifferent in the side of, um, or, like, in the, no, sorry, it goes, (laughs) um, in the end, we won't remember the words of our enemies with the silence of our friends, and I think that's also, like, a really, really important thing to remember, like, are you, I guess, like, being silent on an issue that's, like, important to you, or, like, that's important to other people to minorities or to people or like communities that you mm-hmm. aren't part of um because that silence is a a luxury and b is noticed and remembered and credited towards helping the oppressor yeah okay so um for this one our main idea or our main like bullet point is do not present yourself as an expert because no one is ever perfect and the world um is really constantly changing yeah I sort of try to emphasize this as much as I can um on my podcast but like when I talk about things like Brexit or like very I guess like concrete things too and even smaller things like my like how to be a or how to plan a walkout and stuff like I obviously don't know everything and I'm just kind of trying to share my advice and what I do know um but presenting yourself as an expert unless, of course, you have a degree in it or a PhD, Mm -hmm. um, is a very, very dangerous and slippery slope, um, because there's, there's all things that, there's always things that we don't know, and, um, especially if you aren't fully educated on it, um, there can be biases, um, like, as a white person, like, I, I don't know, like, I might just not even think about, like, the minority perspective of something, or I might, just like click on an article and then not notice that there's like a not a like that there's a minority voice missing um there's always biases there's always missing information and you're never always educated like completely fully on something yeah um and so I know like at my school there's like this one person who is constantly making fun of me and, like, torturing me, like, Caroline, teach me about the climate, blah, blah, blah. Um, if you're listening to this, you know who you are. (laughs) Um, I don't think you're listening to this, though, because you don't really care. Um, but, yeah, like, presenting yourself as an expert, um, can seem pretentious and can often seem like, oh, I'm better than you, or, like, I'm better than you because I know this. Um, uh, so, like, and then people won't, like, want to listen to you as much if they think, like, that you're trying to insult them or that you're trying to, like, make them feel bad about how much they know um, and people won't, like, take you as seriously. Yeah, like, it's obviously okay if someone's like, hey, like, 
I sort of know what global warming is, but, like, honestly, I sort of don't. And, like, it's okay to be, like, oh, like, well, here's what it is. Um, it's okay for someone to be, like, hey, like, I heard something's going on in the news. Like, can you explain that to me? Like, it's okay to explain stuff like that. But never, like, always, always inform, or always, like, direct people to look things up and do more research. And and, fact check you. And fact check me, yeah. Like, I literally don't know everything. (laughs) Believe it or not. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And so, it's just, it's always important. And especially, like, I I sort of already said this, but, like, as a white person, like, I definitely have a, um, a biased point of view. Mm -hmm. And, like, a white, um, perspective on everything. (laughs) Yeah. It's sometimes, like, if you're super privileged, um, like, I am, like, as a white person, as we've been talking about a lot, it's, you live always in a bubble. Yeah. You're, like, shielded from all this stuff because it doesn't affect you constantly yeah. every day. Okay, so the next item on the check, on the checklist, um, almost forgot how to say that word for a second. The next item on the checklist is just, like, be thoughtful and aware of what you're reposting, um, like, during the, um, the whole thing a couple months ago around, like, all these states, like, bringing the abortion bans to six weeks, which was just so crazy. Um, like, making sure, like, in those instances, you aren't reposting accounts that are kind of, like, cutesy. Like, I, I, I have a lot of feelings around, like, <laughs> feminist Instagram accounts. Um, but generally, just, like, I mean, sometimes, like, I understand those are the ones that are being shared the most, and it's easy to just click on them and reshare. Um, but just, like, being more thoughtful and intentional about who you're amplifying in those situations, whether that's, like, um, like, Alabama Democrats, like, like, repost them on Instagram, like, and give them support, or, like, activists who are, like, on the ground, like, protesting or fighting, stuff like that is so important, Mm -hmm. being nuanced and thoughtful about who you're resharing, and also just, like, um, I know there was, like, this, uh, this post that I think I shared on Instagram, um, that said, like, oh, like, like, men shouldn't be able to control women's bodies, um, and I think there's, like, a lot of people that are kind of posting stuff like that, and it's sort of hard, because, like, like, I don't know, like, like, not all women have abortions, and not all people who have abortions are women, um, is one, is one really important thing, Mm -hmm. um, and also just, like, making sure you're sharing the right things and the right information, a lot of times sharing a graphic of statistics is, like, a lot more effective, because it makes people be like, oh, like crap (laughs) and I realized it was this bad (laughs) which is kind of the best outcome for posting stuff like that Mm -hmm. um and I also yeah like I've been I've been guilty of this definitely before Mm -hmm. um and I think it's very easy to just fall into the trap of posting posting what everyone else is posting yeah because that's like sort of what you're you're focused on you like you don't you might it might be a very quick thing you might see this and you'll be like oh what a cute graphic I'm gonna repost that yeah um and you might not necessarily have like a lot of time but if you do like be really conscious of what you're reposting um who you're reposting from and who that post is highlighting yes um so if you do have time look for maybe a different post to like try and get some attention for oh, just like rural women and women of color are just significantly screwed over <laughs> by kind of every policy and every issue always mm-hmm. um but especially among abortion and finding, like, black activists or minority activists to shout out during that stuff is so much more important than, like, kind of nameless progressive Instagram accounts. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I, like, did want to bring up uh, one of the most recent episodes of Blackish that I watched. Oh my God, I love um, that show. I think it's called, like, Feminism, um, but it's really talking about um, the mom, Rainbow, who is in a feminist group, 
and everyone else in the feminist group is white. Um, so they're like making signs for a protest or whatever, and they're like, women make 76 or 74, whatever it is, cents to every dollar a man makes. But like, uh, Bo, she has to call them out, and she's like, actually, no, that's what white women, women, women <laughs> make for every um, dollar a man makes. Sorry, that's my dog in the background. <laughs> She's a little crazy. But yeah, like, Latina women, I think the statistic is, like, 54 cents per dollar. Like, it's just, it's crazy. And it's very easy, especially in those big news cycles, to see the white perspective again. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> maybe this is, like, an overarching theme for the world or something. But yeah, um, white people are kind of always thought about first. Um, yeah. Especially in the news and in these graphics. Mm-hmm. So it's really important to be thoughtful about who you're reading. Even about. oppressed white people are thought about before other oppressed people. Yeah, like, Poor white people. Yeah. yeah. Poor white people, women. Yeah. And I think the biggest determiner, I guess, of um, whether or not you're you're being like a genuine activist or whether your activism can be sort of superficial is just tested by the question, what if the internet cra- if the internet crashed tomorrow, what would your activism look like? I think it's just so important. We don't need to go into like personally all of our answers to that, um, but. It's, it really, I think it makes you think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I hope you can think about that. when you're Even when you're done just listening to the episode right now, pause it and just be like, what would my activism look like if the internet crashed tomorrow? I think if you have a really good answer to that question, then you're, you're doing some good work. Um, and if you don't, then you just have some things you need to work on and, and change. And one thing I think that we can really um, highlight by like asking ourselves this question is, what this always brings to mind for me is, like, the vegan people who are like, this is, this is what I ate for my vegan breakfast, and this is, like, not trying to, like, spread hate about vegan people. Like, what you're doing is incredible yeah. and a great sacrifice. I would struggle if I went vegan. Yeah, but, like, not everyone can go vegan, um, and it's not really activism if you're sharing, like, what you ate, because that's what everyone does on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, so it's not, oh, there's not a huge difference there. Yeah, like, veganism definitely is helpful towards the environment, and it's great that you're doing that, but I think, like, in general, if you're doing small things that are also just sort of, like, like, I mean, tie it back to, like, what would your activism look like if the internet mm-hmm. crashed tomorrow? Like, if you can't share those vegan photos, you're still doing good work, and you should still obviously stay vegan, but maybe there's some more things you can yeah. do. <laughs> just by be- being vegan doesn't really make you an activist. If you yeah. run, like, a vegan organization, then you're more on the side of activists than if you're posting pictures of your vegan meals. Yeah, but even still, you're making a profit then if it's, like, yeah. a vegan organization. Yeah. If it's a non-profit. Well, yeah. But, yeah, even still, it's just very, very important to think about. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going to leave you on a final concluding note um, of a really amazing clip from former U.S. President Barack Obama that made its way around social media, kind of this and last week. Um, But before we do, please remember to um, like this and comment if you're... I don't know if you can like... (laughs) No, 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 you can't like podcasts. You can't? Well, don't like it then. (laughs) (laughs) Subscribe. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. But like, if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave a comment if you liked it um spread it on social media you can leave like an overarching review please leave a five-star review 
um, it, it gets it, like, trending and, and uh, recommended for other people, so that's super important. Um, and share it with your friends, send links, talk about it, please, please, please. Fun. Fun. You know, this, this idea of purity and you're never compromised and you're always politically woke and all that stuff, I, you should get over that quickly. The world, the world is messy. There are ambiguities. People who do really good stuff have flaws. Like if I tweet or hashtag about how you didn't do something right, or use the word wrong verb, or then I can sit back and feel pretty good about myself. Because, man, you see how woke I was? I called you out. <laughs> Let me get on TV, watch my show, watch Gronish. <laughs> um, you know, that's not, that's not activism. That, that's not bringing about change.